themselves and 360 the world. Jamie Neal, the host, asked many questions about their mindset and how they fundamentally operate their world and the world around them. Here at 360 Yourself, we are very proud and honoured to be partnered with General Assembly. We embrace this with open arms to a new adventure. General Assembly is a global tech education company focused on the most in-demand areas today. So that's anything from UX, digital marketing, coding, data science, data analytics, to travel writing and ethics. Our slash their main goal is to get you where you want to be. You can find out more about them at ga.co online or across all socials at ga underscore London. We also encourage you to please rate and comment about us on Apple Podcasts. If you do enjoy what we bring to your ears, we'd love to hear about it. We're supported by General Assembly and that's right, you can get a 25% discount for their services. Promo code is 360yourself25. The code will be valid up to £75 off any one of their classes, workshops and boot camps and is valid until the 31st 08 2021 and is not applicable to GA's full-time, part-time or online circuit courses. Full T's and C's apply. Hey Lisa, how are you doing? I am so good today. Yeah. Good awesome. So first of all, let's start off by saying happy birthday. You, it is your Thank birthday you. today and you're in your final day in quarantine. Um, yes. So that's a big, that's a big milestone. And also, I think a lot of people had obviously their birthdays in quarantine, well not quarantine, but in isolation over the last, last uh, two exactly. years. Well, yeah, nearly two years now. It's a, yeah, so I have like two really good reasons to be very jubilant today and jubilant I have been. Um, and you know, because I'm all alone and no one can see me, I can kind of be like goofy and like giggly all day and eat my cupcakes. I keep getting sent over and like no one sees. I so love it's that. been like a really fun day. I love that people are sending cupcakes. I love that. But you've got, I'm assuming you've got, you've got a big, yeah, I've, I've seen a picture. You sent a picture over. You've got like a big cake, but you get in loads of different like mini cakes. I don't know how people think you're going to eat all of this. this uh, exactly. So, so then part of me is like, oh no, actually I, I took like a part of one cake because I was like, other, this is so beautiful. There's like gold leaf on it and stuff, but I'm not going to eat it all. You're, um, meant, to, and you're, meant, poured... you're meant to eat the gold leaf. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yum. <laughs> well, I so, did. Good, uh, good, good. <laughs> yeah, so then I put like, I put some of it into like a little like takeaway container because I'm such a sweet little wife. And I, and I 
opened a little thermos and like poured some wine in it for my husband. And then I, uh, I sent it off to him in his quarantine hotel. It's also his last day. Oh, so are, you not in the, are you not in the same hotels? No. So we planned it like this. So I don't know if you know, like we, we've kind of planned our living kind of like Frida Kahlo, you know, like she lived in a house next to her husband and there was like a little bridge that would go across in the second floor something Mexico City yeah so in Singapore I mean as of now maybe things will change in the future um but we live like 30 seconds away from each other in two different spaces and it really works for us because you have that space to you know to do your thing to ground to you know we're both like really in, individual in this way and then you get to miss each other and then you get to book each other's time and come back in um that so is, that's what that is, i like that idea it's better to miss each other than to be like in each other's too much other, yeah right so yeah I, but i know a lot of people who don't like sleep in the same bedroom for instance they have, live in the same house but they have separate bedrooms so that's obviously oh, like yeah. a, that's like that's like a small version but you guys live like 30 seconds away which is like an extra extension from that but it's an extra thing and also it's there's something um sexy about going into your partner's space you mm. know like there's something very undomesticated about that like they have your space you know their space you have yours they control the music and the decor in their space and just entering into someone's space is very personal you mm. know it's like their bookshelf is going to be different than your bookshelf. It's just, it's, it's nice. How did, and that, I think this how did it like, start? That's what I want to know. Did you like, oh. have you, have you done, have you done this with a lot of partners or when you got married, you were like, okay, let's This not, is the first time because, oh. you know, usually at least the, the partners I have been with, um, they're generally more like traditional than traditional than me in terms of um, living arrangements. So it's nice that Ivar, my husband now, he's he's pretty open-minded. Like we just do what works for us. Mm. And we realized, um, and also he's an entrepreneur as well. So we're both used to a lot of A-B testing, like also in our personal lives, like all the time. So when we first started dating, um, I really loved going to his place. It was this like historic shop house in Singapore with like exposed brick walls and this cute little garden. He like cook for me and he put on like one of his to social club light candles and, and it was just like ooh this is hot like I'm going into his into his space and he's and I'm a guest there and I think there's something very feminine about being a guest you know you're just being taken care of so and then he would come into my space and and so on and so forth then when we moved in together I mean we had the extra layer of COVID as well so we moved in together and then it's like like COVID and we're stuck at home together we're working from home and we were like ooh, like you know we're getting a lot cozier and more comfy like Netflix and chill and just kind of like yeah, yeah. yeah that's what happens yeah. yeah and it's so nice as well like I love that but then the this the kind of like mystique or like that sexiness that idea of two individuals and then meeting we're losing that entirely and so, so yeah, so that's why we decided to try this experiment, this Frida Kahlo-esque inspired experiment of living apart, but together. I can totally relate to it. I, I, I absolutely understand where you're coming from, because when you live, you get in that comfort zone in that heart and you have to work on that sexiness that they, they call it the spark in quotation marks. Exactly. And exactly. I totally understand that the missing is really important. Like it's really important. I think what happens is sometimes with couples uh, that, they get so comfortable with each other. They don't miss each other anymore. 
and then they take mm. each other sort of for granted in terms of they'll be there and then they don't so, go off they sometimes don't go off and do their own thing so there's no chance for the other person to miss them and exactly. so i so i think it's really why well, i think it's really important for people to go off and do their own thing whether it's like go to a trip by themselves so the partner can have their own space and then miss them for like three days and they come back together and the bond is stronger absolutely i feel like it's exactly what you said like i felt this too where you know you spend so much time with someone and they're there for you through thick or thin that you become like so almost codependent like one human and you forget to appreciate them and see them for their own unique spirit and, yeah. and that's exciting too and you need like different stimulation like i went off on this wonderful weekend in Sardinia a few weeks ago with some girlfriends and and it was the first time that I was going on a trip just for fun you don't actually do that that often usually it's for work and I like sneak a bit of fun into it you know mm -hmm. and it was just like like again like being a guest being in someone else's space being a guest for the weekend there was a program and I was a part of it and um and it was so fun and refreshing to just um just flow and like feel sexy and be an individual. And actually I felt like that was such a turn on coming then back into my relationship, you know, with my husband, you know what I mean? Like, just as you said, with this like just different new energy. energy. And I love it yeah. when he goes on his own trip too and he has a crazy time and he comes back and he's like, it's just, it's, it's nice. It's nice being switched on. Yeah, because you have you you get revived in a different way. Like there's so there's so many different types of energy, and like having that freedom just to explore and learn something new by yourself, and then bring that in back into a relationship and this new sort of energy is also stimulating and exciting. Because I I truly believe that if you do everything together, there's only so much you can talk about when you explore together but when you're you're exploring together but then you also explore separately you then have this extra element of discussion that you can ponder on Absolutely. together when you come back together totally i also feel like that um when it comes to to work also like my business like i love like me and my team we are literally like a little family we are such a squad um, and at the same time, so that, so it feels safe and amazing that we've, we've grown so efficient in how we work together, but also when I travel and when I meet other people in the industry and we start brainstorming collaborating different ways, and I just bring different energy and different perspectives, you know, into our brand. Mm. Um, it's so next level. It's so nice because also if you're always with the same people, um, you're mirroring each other in the same way. Mm. And it's so nice to also see yourself through other people's eyes in a way to see how you've grown mm -hmm. or see blind spots or see whatever, and then take that information back. It's, it's so necessary. And I guess COVID has made it hard for us to, to do that as much as we used to. Yeah. Well, cause you had your company back in 2015, I believe. And then, so you've had, you've had a couple of years of the company being active and then obviously COVID happened. So that's such a yeah. big shift. We, we took the shift better than most, um, which wasn't planned for. So we were doing mostly offline retail and then COVID happened. We had our two crappiest sales months ever. And I was like, oh God, like what, what's like, maybe we're just gonna go into hibernation for a bit. And, um, and then the team like got together, we were all working from home and we're like, okay, it's time 
to massively expedite our e-commerce plan. And this had been kind of on the back burner for a while and not really priority. So we put all resources into it, remodeled our website, cleaned it up, launched on Farfetch, the biggest um, yeah. uh, global luxury retailer, yeah. and started refining our product mix for online, which is very different from how we'd been retailing before, like in terms of price point, stretch materials, sizing, things like mm. this. And we worked so rapidly because actually we were so focused on this thing. and. And our e-commerce grew last year by over 300%. Our conversion rate online, like almost 400%. Our, our overall user growth rate was 67%. So this is like, this is very, I, I say lucky a lot because I feel blessed, but actually like when I look at our team and how we were able to do this, it's because we are so used to, everyone on the team is an entrepreneur. Like it's not just me, an entrepreneur, like hiring people. And we're used to just being agile and like quickly coming up with solutions. And if that doesn't work, we'll flow. Like we'll flow to something else and we'll keep mm. flowing. And so I feel like COVID really benefited those who are able to not get too stuck and just keep trying to find another way of doing things. Yeah, I had I had a very similar conversation with um, someone who worked at Soho House Group as well, and they work very similarly. I mean, it's not um, it's not a secret that I'm a massive fan of Soho House, but. I, I, it's only because it's on my mind, but again, the 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 idea that obviously, like a members club, for instance, you got to navigate, you got to quickly, and I, it, it's it's interesting that people that work there have the same. Well, in in the kind of higher uh, the higher um, uh, level, kind of like C level, kind of like people who are the global creative directors and stuff have to really be navigating and really be flexible as well. And I think that's what you want in a team <coughs> that's not going to be stagnant you want people to be going okay how do we navigate it who do we know where do we go cool let's go then let's go let's, let's, let's find that rather than like a mm, i don't know Ooh, i just i don't i don't you know that film there's a great film with jim carrey i think it's called the yes man and i love oh, I that love i love that film because it's sort of like <laughs> i like saying yes to things like i i, I think we could always plan our life but it generally, if you accept that it will never really go as planned, yeah. but you have an idea, like you manifest that you have a vision, but you're yeah. also open to saying yes to go into different directions. I think you're so really connected. Helpful. It's so strange because right before you said yes, man, I was literally thinking of myself as a yes person and how I like working with yes people. That's like so funny. <laughs> there you go. Well, this is what I do. Is what I I am a yes person. I also like to to navigate and go yes, okay, in that direction. And this has brought me to my sort of my new pivotal career at the moment in time working mostly in tech it it's sort of like i've come from a totally different world and also the podcast has developed as well and i've just gone yes and yeah that's quite interesting and stuff so it's really important i think the to to consolidate what we've been talking about is that be more yes to the universe because you just never know where it's going to take you totally i don't know if um there's any similarities here but um, for me, I think one of the contributing reasons as to why I became a yes person and like agile in this way is because I grew up like amid total chaos. And so I'm comfortable in chaos. <laughs> and I used to think it was a handicap because I had to put in so much healing around certain things. And then now as, you know, certain things have healed, I've realized that there's such a benefit to um 
you know, like not needing to accepting things at face value or not needing things to be a particular way and being able to skate, you know, mm. you know, through weird, adverse circumstances. Yeah, I, t I agree. If anyone but, else has a screen of childhood, yay us. <laughs> yeah, I, I also, I, I agree because I, I like things in chaos. Like I'm not, I like to be, I like to have like calmness, but I like to be calm within the chaos. That's for me. Totally. I don't like to be, everyone else is calm and it's kind of happening. I like to be like, it's so busy, but I'm calm, but I'm dealing with everything in like a, in a calm fashion. But totally. it, now, it, but it, because then I, for so, I feel like then I'm sort of moving in a, in a direction rather than I'm coasting in a direction. I don't know. It's, it's a weird. I know exactly. In terms of the calmness too, I feel like, um, removing social media as much as possible, removing screens and like noise as much as possible and really getting down to, you know, your personal rituals. It mm. really helps to maintain that eye of the storm sort of vibe as you're, you know, mm. going through life. And we, um, we, we were talking about as well that you're in isolation. It gives you the ability to really focus as well. Like, and we were talking about the kind of the Bill Gates documentary uh, inside Bill's yeah. mind as well, like how he goes away for a couple of weeks and then reassess, reassess. Yeah, yeah, so he goes happened. off almost like this like writer's retreat situation by himself to it to a cabin, and and he just like brings a bunch of books with him, I guess you know around what he wants to to research on that trip, and then he just like starts like pulling out ideas and thoughts and taking notes and just kind of sitting with himself and and planning and brainstorming. And I think that's, um, it's such a nice thing to be able to really take yourself out of the daily operational obligatory, you know, mm -hmm. vibes. Um, yeah. Yeah. And quarantine I mean, has done that. It's been, it's been pretty good actually. Yeah. There's a lot, uh, there's a lot of, um, practices and theories about how we don't daydream enough and how we don't think enough. We're just like operating and the people who are the most successful, I would say are, are giving themselves time to think. Like I, I remember watching a documentary and there's like this billionaire would like think for like 20 minutes on a decision. And he, he, he looked, he was in his like big mansion house and he was looking out the window and he was just silent for 20 minutes, this documentary. And the guy who was interviewing him was like, what, what are you doing? He's just, I'm just thinking. And then he thought for 20 minutes, he then went away, made a phone call and then made an extra like 5 million like from the, oh from, the, from, the <laughs> from, from the decision that he made for 20 minutes that like he thought about it for 20 minutes and it was just so fascinating to watch because like the people who operate on that space are not just like paddling their feet going absolutely mental they are really like in tune with their gut their self-awareness the thought process of what a decision goes through and, and this can also be translated <laughs> into that jeff bezos as well interesting jeff bezos too yeah, because he does that as well. He had this. I I, I spoke about him on a, another podcast about how he uses sleep, and he does a really great thing about how many decisions he makes a day. Let's say, for instance, he makes thirty decisions a day, yeah. and he usually gets eight to ten hours sleep. Right, but if he gets yeah. up earlier, an extra two hours, he needs to make an extra ten decisions. So that means he's got less sleep. He's not as switched on as he would do if he had eight to 10 hours. And then those 10 extra decisions, he needs to be really, really precise. So instead of like getting earlier, get a bit later and then make fewer decisions, but more concrete decisions. And I was like, ah, oh, that I makes so much sense. Sleep 
too. So, so when you're working with, um, when you're utilizing your dream time as part of your life and your development, I think what's so cool too is when, you know, your unconscious focuses you on a problem or a solution that you're not even aware is actually impacting you at the moment. So mm. for example, I mean, you know, different people who use sleep, like Einstein, if he couldn't figure out a problem, he would nap for a bit and then he would come back and then he would solve it, right? So like a lot of people use it in a very particular focused way. Um, I have friends who, before they go to bed, they will just meditate and meditate on an issue they wanna resolve. And then they go out, they get some kind of dreams and in the morning they're deciphering these dreams and how it relates to that problem. So it's very like, like very focused, right? Um, which is cool, which is superhuman, which we can all, which we can all do. But something that I also find very cool is when you you let your greater consciousness that this is just not conscious, we're not mm. aware of it, tell you what you should be focusing on or point you to a blind spot that you couldn't have even imagined. So, for example, this morning. Um, I, was, I had this crazy dream, it was so beautiful. And I like that dream speak to us in ancient language, which for humans is visuals, it's pictures, like all alphabet was pictograms, you know, until it became what it is today. Mm. And so I got so many interesting visuals. And then you, like, if I have time um, in the morning, I'll just lie there in total darkness after I wake up for maybe like 30 minutes before I'm like, you know, really switched on. I'm kind of in that weird, like halfway state and I'm just like thinking of the images of the moments of how I felt. And if there is a conflict or a problem, I actually try to go back in and re-envision it in a way that would solve it. Or I try to find out what that dream's telling me. And it's, it's, it's pretty insane. It's like having like a pocket sage in your subconscious that you can access like every night if you're willing to be patient and kind of like Jungian and, and, and go into it. How do you how do you access the memory though or the, the dream? Because a lot of people can't even remember what they, they dreamt about. But obviously it's it's all fixing the subconscious. It's all it's sorting out basically all the information, the data that's learned from the day before. Exactly. So how I do it, um, how I remember what I dreamt, for example, um, my technique for this is as I'm coming out of the dream and I'm waking, I immediately remember and I'm thinking and I'm repeating it in my head and I'm repeating da 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 and so I don't even try to decipher as I'm coming out of the dream I'm just remembering what I dreamt and I'm repeating it in my head and then as I'm waking and then now I can really think about what happened then I can take those pieces and try to decipher it um also so you know like that ring the aura ring um the aura tracks ring. yeah so it's like o-u-r-a and it tracks sleep like how long you sleep how much REM you get right, how okay. much yeah. So I don't use it so often, but when I use it, I notice that um, I uh, I get a lot of REM sleep, like way more than like normal. I don't know why. And my husband, he gets a lot of deep sleep, but he doesn't get much REM and he never remembers his dreams. So I do wonder because REM is linked to dreaming. So, so I don't know, like maybe I just have like extra vivid dreams or something like this. Maybe because there's, I mean, we had a conversation with um, Philippa Price, who's um, 
used to be, I think she she worked quite closely with Lady Gaga as her creative director for some projects. Amazing. Um, and, and some other big artists. And she's a great creative director. But she talked about, um, we talked about creativity and we were like, where do you get your creative? And she was like, for my dreams. I like, I literally see them in my dreams and then I write them down or I draw them in the morning. That's how she comes up. And so I think some people are really in tune with their subconscious or their dreams like and people are so unaware of it but I think it is a I think it's a skill I think you can learn how to do it um more people some maybe your husband is hasn't got the skill that you have but he's got do you know what I mean vice versa like he might have something else that you don't I think exactly I think everyone can learn the skill of how to quickly remember how to write it down and how to study it and that's, that's one part. And, and another thing is, I mean, we're also, I do believe that everyone is like kind of tuned up in different ways. Like something really cool about my husband, I think why I'm attracted to him and why we complement each other so well is he's very in his body. His like, he's very much, and you look at his human design and everything, and he has like his root chakras are really strong and filled in. And that's where I have some weaknesses, you know? And like, I love that because like me at my worst is like getting stuck in my head in this like endless cycle of just complexity that doesn't yeah, go which, which, which is a lot of people. Yeah, there's a lot of people. The neuroticism. And, and for him, he's just, he can, he, he, he knows how to simplify things, do what is relevant, what is not, and he's not going to worry about it. And he's just, he's in his body. <laughs> this you know? is me. And he's very physical. This is me as well. I don't live I so that. much up here. I'm more like the same thing as your husband and like half yeah. like Suki as well um well both of our connection um yeah. she's pretty much like you I think she yeah. she lives really in the in the headspace and sees all that sort of thing and I'm probably more like your husband I'm very rooted and I can I can live up in my brain but I'm more like in my body but I don't let my brain run off into other things I'm like I don't need to think about that I, I, think I don't need to think about so that complimentary I think it's actually really really amazing because um, so when we got married, actually in COVID last March, um, one of our, one of the witness was, was my husband's best friend. And he was like, he wrote us a little card and it was cute because he's so, he's such an in tune friend of ours. And he was like, um, God, it was something like, um, you know, Lisa, I'm excited for you to, you know, you know, bring Ivar on more of, more of these dreams. Uh -huh. And then Ivar, I'm excited for you to, all right. So I'm like Ivar to like, like I'm going to pull him as a dreamer and he's going to pull me as like, like fun, like, you know, joy of life and like safety and, and simplicity and, and these beautiful things. Yeah. And, and that was it's interesting, mm -hmm. isn't it? How do you go, how did you guys meet? So we met, okay. So he, okay. I was throwing a fashion show in Singapore in like, oh my God, it was like the end of 2018, I guess. And uh and he came to my show through a friend so he was like friends of a friend and he came to the show but i didn't see him at the show because i was so busy oh, obviously if, you, if, if anyone's yeah. listening who hasn't been to a fashion show honestly like even backstage i've i, I worked on a couple of fashion shows backstage do, like and it's just crazy and anyone who's a designer to get a, like a moment with them it's just like impossible so yeah it's so insane like wow yeah, like I, during like fashion shows too, back in the day, I hope I've grown to be more eye of the storm now. Um, but I would like literally, if I could just duck into the bathroom, you know, for a few minutes and just try to like meditate on the toilet and like woo saw, you know, and then like go back into it, like it's just crazy. 
so anyways, so I didn't see him. And then in the event photos after I was like going through and, and I saw this like Swede with this like long blonde hair and just like looked like, you know, just, just kind of like next level otherworldly, like, you know, dude. And I was like, this guy doesn't belong in Singapore. Who's he? Like what a like interesting hippie looking dude mm. and, and a bright spirit. And so I just, I remember not like, just, just wondering, oh, who's this person? Interesting, that was it. Then I was at some gala ball party thing and we saw each other and, and, but it was just like in passing. So like we were, it was like so busy. And then we were just kind of like passing each other in a really busy hall. And then we just like, I was like, oh, I like your hair. And he's like, I like your style. And we had a moment and then it was like gone. You know, oh, wow. Passing. Okay. Yeah. So then, then we saw each other again. So like basically over a few months, we just kept kind of seeing each other. And we saw each other again at, at like a, a pop-up party sort of thing. And then he just did like the traditional masculine thing and, and came and hit on me. And that was that. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. You know, I swear guys, like strong women, you know, boss ladies, they love being hit on because like somehow like it's really nice. Um, okay, this is just for me in particular, but I, cause I have to control so many things in work that I love in my personal life when someone's like, I got you and you mm -hmm. can just, flow and you can just relax now it's like the best you know mm. so can, that brings me so lovely uh, well into <laughs> my next sort of like question about the balance between like work life and personal life and how you bring self-care into it and that I think a lot of people I think this is always the topic and a lot of people is like how do you have balance like I've always said to people like you can never find balance, but you, you always try to um, move towards it. But there's always just like, ah, get it for a tiny bit and then it moves again. And oh, I get it for a tiny bit and it's, a, it's like, it's so funny. It's like trying to sail a boat across a particular point, but you're going to miss it because of the waves and you turn and just miss it. But you have balance yeah. for a moment. For yeah. A moment. And, and so... Yeah. And so it's, and it talks about like mindfulness as well. Like how do you become more mindful? How do you become happier? How do you become more content? And you, mm. you, you get it at certain points, like happiness is like a, an elusive thing. It happens for a tiny bit and then it goes down and it goes up and it goes down. So my question is to you, how do you find kind of more of the self care and the balance between the work and the personal? Okay. So my answer is so like anticlimactic. <laughs> um, yeah, it, I just, I feel like I, I just need to monitor myself all the time, you know, and like, I like essentially just listen to my body and respect my body. And that is something I have had issues with. Like, as I told you, like, my, like, I can get up into my head, like I can work straight for like 16 hours, like boom, 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 I'm on adrenaline, I feel good. And I've completely forgotten my body. Like if my body was a friend, like I'd be treating my friend so badly. And I used to be like this, like for years and, and it didn't work well. Like I would like end up in the ER and like all these problems like dehydrated and I, I, I've, been there. I've been there before. Yeah. And it's so lame. And I feel yeah. like, you know, I just, I had this, and it was all driven this discompassion to my body and you know, what I need to thrive it was really driven by this feeling that I'm not good enough and I need to take on everything and I need to be superhuman. And yeah, yeah I'm right? not and then <laughs> so which is which is obviously crazy. 
So it, yeah, it took me a while to be like, no, like I deserve to just work at, you know, what is comfortable for my mental health and for Mm. my body. And then from Mm. that place, you know, that's where I want to create from. Yeah. I think think more um, people need to hear that rather than as much as like, I absolutely love Elon Musk, but I think sometimes what he says in terms of his work ethic, people really resonate because they see him as like the pinnacle of success. And then mm. he goes, work seven days a week, nonstop, you sleep in the office. And like that works for some people, but it doesn't work for everyone. And I think people see that as sort of like a, a mantra going like, if I want to be successful as big as Elon, I yeah. need to work seven days a week and not see my partner. And it, That's it just- a good point actually that everyone is different. And, and I think it's, it's totally okay to be different. So like my brother works at Tesla actually, and um he i mean he's only like 25 now i think and 26 25 and um when he first started there um like within three months so he started as like a junior engineer you know and and then and then he moved up from there but i mean new to tesla worked there for three months junior engineer bottom of the rung mm-hmm. he already was like in meetings where elon would be on the call he already saw elon on like the factory floor pulling over people asking random questions and i was like damn that guy is really involved like it's 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 true like from the inside out from like the most junior person in his company they're like he is on it he is on everything and that's so cool when i heard that i just felt like wow like respect also bernard arnault of lvmh um he's famous for on his weekends for like decades now going to his his branded stores you know, like all the LVMH brands, um, you know, Louis Vuitton, Sephora, da, da, da. And just pulling over certain just random sales staff and being like, hey, how's it going? Like, what do you think we could do to improve the sales? Or like, what's a product you're excited that about? It's good leadership though. Asking your, like not thinking, okay. asking the people that work for you, what do you think? How can we make it better? I literally met someone in Singapore um, who's, gosh, I can't remember where he's originally from. He was working in Paris when he met, um, Bernard or no, but I, I forget where he was originally from. But anyway, so he was at like a, I think he was at a Sephora and he talked to him and he was like, you know what, actually, I think he was a store manager at the time. He was like, actually, I, I feel like the flow is being restricted by, I know we're telling a tangent right now. No, no, <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll come back. We'll come back to it. But yeah, yeah exactly. Follow it. I'm following uh, you. So he's like, you know, I just wish that we could like move this over here and we can consider like this. And I just feel like it'd be more welcoming or whatever he was saying. And then, and then Bernard was like, damn a good idea let's do that and now this guy is like very senior you know in their organization and like how cool is that but anyway so there's certain styles of people when it comes to work and i've realized that for me i can't be someone who's like seven days a week like pounding the metal all the time because i've become a ghost of who i am and i need to be connected to the life source and i need to be authentic and i need to feel alive to translate that into my designs, to inspire my team and to flow. Like that's just what, you know, what works for me. Mm. And a good um, analogy for this too is when veganism was all the rage, well, I guess it still is, um, I went vegan. So I went vegan for three months. I had health problems, so I stopped. And then for a few months and then I went back in equipped with nutritionist, personal chef, physician, everyone likes like a support team, right? And I did it for a year. And throughout this year, I was getting, you know, tested and did it down. My doctor's like, hey, 
a lot of people can really go vegan and it works wonders for them. But for you, you're like severely iron deficient, even though, you know, you're, you're substituting the way you su you're supposed to die. It just, I don't know, it doesn't work for you. And I felt like, so here's is that when you really can get into your head, your head becomes a tyrant over your body, which is kind of crappy, right? So like, no, I'm going to power through. It's all good. Like, meanwhile, like I got my period three times in like 12 months and it wasn't working for me. Um, but then anyways, long story short, I had to come to terms with, I'm not that person who can be vegan and like hike up Mount Everest and all that stuff. And that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's okay not to be vegan. It's okay not to hike up Mount Everest because like some people can do veganism some people can do vegetarian uh like i mean i'm on a no carbs no carbs diet at the moment uh for four i mean my going into my fifth week now um okay. i'm doing very well obviously i have a cheat day so i don't get deficient and stuff but yeah. it it works for some people it doesn't work for everyone but i think you just got to find what works like uh, for me like i love the gym um but i can't do it in the morning like it doesn't work for me. I have to do it in the afternoon or the evening. Like my mind is just not in it. Um, yeah. And so some people can get up at 7 a.m., 5 a.m. to do the gym and it sets them up for the day. Me personally yeah. not. I'll rather sit with a tea, meditate, do my day, yeah. then do the gym. And that works. I like how you say that. Like, Jimmy, I like how you're saying, you know, that's for them. And for me, this is what I prefer. This is what my body likes, da, da, da. And I just wish more people felt confident, like, really going into their own experience and, and standing strong there. Um, it's, it's just the so awareness. It's, uh, and this is what the podcast, well, this is what we, what I teach is the 360 yourself is understanding yourself from a, from a holistic way of going, I know myself, I know myself 360. When I enter a space, I, I even know it's right for me or it's not right for me. And some people mm -hmm. go into the space going, oh, I don't know, I can't really feel it. I can't really depict it. You know, like when you can't feel an emotion, and you know you're feeling yeah. emotion, but you can't understand what the emotion is or why you're feeling yeah. it. And so for me, it's like understanding that. And I believe that I can, I'm very good at understanding the 360 of me when I enter a space and go, is this for me? Is this not for me? Do I need to take myself out? And I can go, well, I can, I can take myself out because I know I'm strong enough to go. I don't really need that because it doesn't really serve me. Exactly. I'm going to go over yeah. here. But it's also the, the idea of like, when I'm feeling tired, I'm like, well, I need to, have an extra hour so I'm just going to schedule that in rather than go oh do I need another hour what's going to happen if I have that I just go well I need another hour and and that's kind of just a self just the self-awareness of even when exactly. you talk to people as well like how you might say something it might trigger something then you you go you go around it and you go actually I've said this I didn't mean this um you probably might be triggered by it um so mm. I'm just like counteracting the the reaction from you because I didn't mm. really mean what you actually said, what I said, but mm -hmm. I'm just like coming around it from a different thing. So you diffuse the situation. So it's yeah. just about being really understanding of like how you say something, the way you move, what you need as a human. Yeah. On the triggering things, so like I, a vision that came to my head as you were saying that was, I learned this wonderful technique that could be helpful to some people. Um, when having a conversation that, you know, could trigger someone or it's a little bit, you know, uh, confrontational, um, or just someone is pissed off and they're taking it out on you or whatever. Um, just imagine yourself holding a mirror in front of your chest and the mirror's facing out, you know, so it's, it's a fake mirror. <laughs> You're holding a mirror here and they can see their reflection. And it's also the back of the mirror is like protecting your heart space, you know? 
So something nice to do, I find when I know that someone is projecting stuff onto me, that's definitely not mine to take. I'm just in my energy. I'm just holding that mirror in front of my heart and protecting it. And I just feel like just holding it there, like somehow they just start seeing themselves and what they're projecting. And then they almost just kind of stop. And then you can have a normal conversation again. Maybe, but also it's, I think it's definitely that it's like knowing when it's projection and when it is for you. Because yeah. then we then we can jump into self-defensiveness and then you can go, well, I'm addressing that I'm being self-defensive, but why am I being self-defensive? But also why are you projecting it onto me? And then let's address that. But you have to be at a certain level of awareness to know what is projection totally. and what is for you. Totally. So, yeah. um, but also as we, I, I'd love to carry this on, but I know we're, we've, we're, we're short for time, but what I'd love to do is I'd love to ask you a give back, which I ask a lot of my guests, well, every guest, right, basically. Um, I'd love to know, we spoke about a lot of different things about being yes person. I'd love to know as a sort of conclusion of what we said today, what would be the one piece of advice you give to your younger self or someone else that has inspired you? It could be like a mantra, a film, a book, a poem, a piece of fashion, a, an art piece, whatever it is. What would it be that mm. you would give back to someone? I like that it can be like an, a thought or it can be an object or anything. That's really interesting. It could, yeah, it could be. Uh-huh. Okay, and if I and who am I giving this to? My younger self or to both? Actually, both one to your son, your, your younger self, and one to an audience member that that's listening in. Right. Okay, so um, I think to my younger self, I would give um, a. How how can I explain this? Like I would give a crystal cocoon. And I would tell my younger self, this is a beautiful cocoon to go into when you don't feel safe. And it's crystal and it's like super magical and you can sit inside. And when you feel safe again, it can turn to water and ice and then it can just steam away. And just just to have this sense of knowing that I can have some sort of circle of safety. So that would be for my younger self. And, and that's actually a kind of like mental tool that I also use today. Like if I'm feeling anxious or triggered, I realize that I can be a lot more, um, I can connect more with the situation and be more creative and whatever, like get past whatever's pissing me off. Like if I just feel like, okay, actually I'm really safe and I'm grounded, okay. And then I go from there, you know, mm-hmm. I, I make my decision from that sense of safety because I feel like a lot of bad decisions actually come from a place of fear and scarcity and defense so it's a good tool um and then for the audience maybe I would just give the same to the audience there you go <laughs> <laughs> no you it might be a different one, but I, <laughs> I, I like that uh, I'm a very I'm a very visual person I think because I'm, I'm highly dyslexic so for me I I resonate with like imagining this like crystal cocoon because I can visualize that and I think putting yourself in that and just visualizing yourself like this energy surrounding you is something that I can definitely visualize. And I think a lot of people will resonate from that as well. So I think it's a really good piece of advice is to envision yourself in this kind of cocoon, like, and then when you're safe to come out, it just kind of just, just, just um, it just like so, um, dissolves into like the space and the like energy. So to like ice 
to water to steam leaf reading i it's it's i i love that you're also so visual i i think that's um uh it, it's funny because sometimes i think so much in visuals that it takes me a while for like the words to come that i can explain what the visual is mm. <laughs> you know what i mean yeah i'm i'm just a reference bank i i honestly just have a like i i i in, intake so much referencing of magazines to films because that's how I learn and that's how I talk to people is going like oh do you remember that that art piece or do you remember that film or do you remember that magazine and because I've got all this visual kind of goodies in my brain that, that's how I kind of communicate because that I is bring, super cool yeah I just bring things together like that um my but, my husband's like this as well, actually. He um, he has like just this huge archive of music in his psyche and um, in the big record collection and all this. But sometimes, um, like it's, and it's so poignant to, to use symbols or visuals or music sometimes more than words. So when we got um, married last March during COVID, um, Singapore is going into lockdown. The whole world's like, what's going on? Oh my God. And um, he, he sent me a song and it was the song from the end of Fight Club. You know where yeah, Edward Norton and they're yeah. like holding, it's like yeah. the couple holding hands, yeah, yeah. you know, and they're just watching everything demolish and like blow up in front of them. And there's that beautiful song. Oh, what is it? How's it go again? Um, where is my mind? That one. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, um, the visual and the song was just so perfect for the time and I was like god like if that was just said in a paragraph as compared to just sending that music video of the ending of the it just I mean you can't get the depth yeah music and visuals together could just be so stimulating than just like a paragraph of like words I mean for me words are beautiful but if I can see something and it's a picture or it's an audio thing and, and it has a lot of visual referencing I, I find that much more beneficial for me rather than just a paragraph because it took it's taken me a long time just to even get into reading and now I love it but for years I didn't read I didn't read books because I didn't find them I did find them stimulating I just yeah. couldn't get into it I couldn't really read them properly because I was just like mm -hmm. words are jumping around and stuff but now I love reading and I read a lot of books um, so yeah but I want to say thank you so much for coming on 360 yourself you have been 360 thank you very much and happy birthday <laughs> Thank you so much, Jamie. It's been such a pleasure. This is 360 Yourself and I'm Jamie Neal. Thank you very much for taking a moment to listen to our wonderful guests. Please subscribe to our podcast to access all our brilliant guest episodes. They are released every Sunday at 12pm. We are available on all listening platforms, Spotify, Pocket Cast, Overcast, Google Podcasts and Castro. You can also find us on Instagram at 360 underscore yourself, Twitter at yourself360 and our host at Jamie Neal JN. Thank you for listening. <laughs>